0: Here we are, my friends, episode 351 of the Robcast, and this one is called Still the Son of a Judge. And in many ways, this episode is a follow-up to the last episode, The Son of a Judge, because whew, I, had, I had no idea what was coming. Last episode, I told you about my dad dying and going to Michigan for the funeral and the burial and what that was like. And now it's been a couple of months, and I had, I just had no idea. Grief, grief has no regard for our timetables. I think I thought, I'm trying to like re, you know when you like go back through and retrace your mental steps? I, I think I was under the assumption that that grief, if, if you're at all tuned in or healthy in any way, grief has to pass through you, so you just allow it, and then it gradually dissipates, and you sort of go on with things. But I will, on the most random days, at times that seem to have nothing to do with my father, be overwhelmed with grief, tears. I have literally, in the middle of the night, will be woken up with like this has happened several times with like oh he's gone which which i know cognitively and yet suddenly it hits in some completely other way oh he's not here and i know and I, I know lots of you know exactly what i'm talking about it's the most basic truths of this person was here now they're not and yet at the strangest times they hit you and i like my first job one of my one of the responsibilities in my first job was doing funerals. I was at funeral homes a lot. I would go to the hospital and visit people who were dying. I, I visited people in their homes who, that was part of my job, people who were like hours from taking their last breath. I was around a lot of death, but like none of that has, that is like uh, this. That is, that is so not like this this my father died and like even saying it now uh it's not like it passes through you but you also have just passed into a whole new reality yeah i i yeah i had no idea there's this wonderful uh book this new book called live through this a novel by kristen mcginnis um what a writer but uh I was just a couple of weeks ago reading this novel, Live Through This. Page 275, for those of you keeping score at home. This one character, Yvette, says to this other character, Jane, she says, grief isn't linear, Jane. It just shows up when it wants to, however it wants to. Those memories, those moments, Uh, you know, when you stumble across a line someone's written that just is like exactly for you in that exact moment grief isn't linear it just shows up when it wants to however it wants to yeah i mean that yeah that is that is the truth right there yeah yeah i well uh, went to my favorite pizza place, Air Pizza, near my house, where they do, uh, Terry, the owner, has this starter, this 200-year-old sourdough starter, so he makes like a New York-style pizza, but with this uh, old starter that's sourdough that I'm telling you, it's the best. But I uh, was catching up with Terry, like we do, and I was like, yeah, my dad died recently, so I just got back from all of that, and Terry, who was like literally spinning pizza, you know, the dough, when they like do that thing in the air with the dough, he comes around from behind the area where he's making the dough. As soon as I say my dad died, and he says, yeah, my mom died two years ago, he says, and sometimes I curl up on the floor and cry. And then he just gives me a hug in the middle of his pizza restaurant. (laughs) Yeah, grief is universal. Yeah, you... Yeah, your dad dies and you, you join a group that is quite large. It's, it's, it's like everybody in humanity at some point. <laughs> but, uh, uh, and, and that's actually, it's actually what happened to me is, because of my dad's dementia and how he didn't really know who I was when I would visit him in the past couple of years, and I, like, it was probably five years of saying goodbye to him, um, so when when he first died and people are like, "I'm so sorry for your loss," I, I would immediately with that, respond with that relief line, like, oh, "Actually, it's a relief, especially for my mom and um, my sister who's living nearby." Like, it's you know, like, yeah, we've been. I've been grieving for a while. This is more like relief. Uh, but every time I would say that, I would be like, be setting myself up for another round of actual grief. It was. It was. I can see now how something within me is like, no, no, other people are actually grieving. Other people actually are going through something. Don't, don't, I was like, don't spend your sympathy coins on me. Um, But that, that, that route over the past couple of weeks, that couple, two months now, that didn't work because what happened is people would say, oh, I'm so sorry for your loss. And I gradually began to feel it. And this uh persona that I have clung to of gliding across the surface of being like, yeah, I'm good. Like the the independent um yeah, it like just got wrecked. It's just gotten wrecked. Like actually I I I noticed people saying I'm sorry for your loss. And me feeling it and like receiving it and like being grateful. Yeah, yeah. Like my sort of, yeah, I'm I'm doing okay. A lot of relief turned into thank you. And then this person sharing, yeah, I lost my mom. I lost my dad. I lost my, and it connecting me to them at some deep, deep universal human level. Grief cuts through Pretty much everything. Yeah. Yeah. So, this, yeah, my dad giving giving me gifts on the way out, (laughs) like pulling down some of that armor. Grief. Uh, Speaking of gifts, there's something that's happened. It happened right away when he died that, once again, I did not see this coming. My my dad my dad was a massive figure and a complicated man and there was lots of good and there was also lots there was there was not so good Uh, my my relationship with him was complicated Um, yeah you're like wow that's real unique (laughs) a complicated relationship with your father Rob Bell nice (laughs) but uh, honestly because our fathers voices are in our heads. In one way or another, even if you're just trying to get your father's voice out of your head and off your shoulder, you, that your father's voice that is still in your head. Um, if you would have asked me over the past couple of years what his voice in my head or on my shoulder was, besides me saying, "Oh no, I've done a lot of work to get his voice out of my head," it was still in my head. It it was his bewilderment over my choices, like his. I don't. I don't really understand what you're doing. Wait, what? <laughs> I picture him. I'd picture him being like, "You're." doing paintings in a garage in Ojai. What happened, man? <laughs> what happened? How, how the mighty have fallen. That's literally the, the, the commentary I think I thought about him towards me. But I'm telling you, when he died, <clears throat> something, it was like a f- switch got flipped. And I, I could I found myself communing with his spirit and communing with a spirit that didn't need anybody to need anything. He didn't need, he doesn't need me to be anything. And he's just laughing because I could always make him laugh. That was always like the best. If I could like, I I could get him laughing or I could refer to something way in the past, like some obscure person or event, and I could somehow pull it and just refer to it on the way to a joke. He would just, he just (laughs) loved it. He just like delighted in it. So, Laughing with him was like the thing, even all the way to the end there. Making him laugh was like, man, oh man, what an audience. And over the past two months, that's that's what happened to his voice is he's like riding shotgun, just laughing. He's like, he doesn't need me or anybody around him to be anything other than what it is. Yeah, that's, that's what I... That's my experience of him. He's free from all. Because that's what happens. Life, yeah. Life beats us up. Life is not the world's not safe, and so we we respond with we need control. We need to make sure things go a certain way. Uh, yeah. So so learning to just be present and with what is that's like the great art of life. But that's one of the gifts. That's the gift that he's giving me it's like okay you, you, it's almost like you feel my presence now in a new ways okay so uh yeah now extend that to others yeah now now be that to those around you yeah what fascinating if you'd have told me oh yeah yeah he 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 gave you so much alive but he's going to die and then the gifts are just going to come the 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 wisdom and the direction and the guidance and the love and joy whoo I did not see that coming. And even the complicated, all the stuff, all, yeah, all that stuff uh, still is what it was and yet somehow belongs in something, some larger love that sort of swallows it all up. It's honest about it and yet swallows it all up. Yeah, yeah, grief. It raises your awareness of how porous and thin the membrane is between this life and whatever's next, whatever was before, whatever's in or around. Go proper woo here, or go double woo, full woo, however you want. Yeah, grief. Grief raises, it heightens your sensitivities to how this particular experience that you and I are having that that we call this life yeah, is it's one of many. I mean, obviously, in human history, there have always been people more connected to those who have died, to the timeless, eternal nature of the soul, to whatever, other dimensions, realms, planes, <laughs> yeah, however you want to say it. Uh, yeah, but this experience of... My dad dying and feeling a closeness—I'd almost say like a closeness that will even greater than when he was here. I mean, it. Who? Yeah, who knew? I have this picture, this photograph of him taken when he's roughly my age. He's probably was probably taken in the mid to early '90s, and he's sitting. We had a rowboat. He was sitting in the front seat. He's sitting in the front seat of our rowboat. And he's wearing a red plaid shirt with the sleeves rolled up, a baseball cap, and he's holding an apple, and he's laughing. And this photograph, like now when I think of my dad, that image is the image that is the image that comes to him. It's like the placeholder image. He's literally in the photo floating in a boat, rowboat, laughing. He ate an apple every day, by the way, which is really interesting. My mom just told me that the other day. Um, eating an apple, and he's just, he was very intense, but in this photo, he's just floating, relaxed with this huge smile on his face. If you'd have told me out of my 52 years of life with my dad that he would die, and that's the image that would be like the seared image on my heart, in my psyche, in my consciousness that I sort of pull up to when I become more aware of him with me, I'd be like, wow, really? That's that image. Fascinating. Yeah. 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 So who, who knew? Who knew? Uh, I did not see this coming. This, uh, The sense that grief is both something that you allow to pass through you and the loss creates a new reality in which you've made peace, you're okay, and you're also, you've grieved and you're grieving, in which you feel the loss and you've also, you're making peace with it and life goes on and yet a part of it doesn't and it's just how it works. Yeah. So in many ways uh I'm I'm still the son of a judge but it, but in many ways I'm I'm not just still the son of a judge I'm more more the son of a judge than ever more more than ever like who knew how that all works. Yeah. still the son of a judge more than ever.